Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright. You're about to hear Success Profiles Radio. I just want to take a moment before the show to share with you our new sponsor. I've been working with BestRadioTravel.com to bring the lowest hotel prices to my loyal listeners. Stay tuned during the upcoming show to hear more about how you can save 15 to 30% off your hotel rates. Now let's start the show. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel with your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Lately, I've been thinking about my journey and how things have changed in the last few years or so. And here's a quote that comes to mind that fits perfectly. When you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, keep going because the light will eventually show up. Now, what this means to me is that even though things may seem hopeless and you are either financially or emotionally invested in something, very often the best course of action is to continue. Just because you don't see the solution doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I believe there's always an answer for whatever challenge we face. Sometimes we are meant to be in the desert for a while because there's a great lesson to be learned. And when that lesson is learned, we are brought to a peaceful place. But our task is to trust and not give up. Your faith will be rewarded. So whatever you're facing, just remember, when you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, keep going because the light will eventually show up. With all this in mind, I'd like to introduce my guest. And before I forget, you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free. My guest this week is Earl Bell. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Earl Bell is the author of the book, Winning in Baseball and Business, Transforming Little League Principles into Major League Profits for Your Company. Winning in Baseball and Business was identified in June of 2019 as number 13 on the list of 49 must-read books for empowered professionals. Earl is an advisor, coach, and trainer, helping business owners build legacy companies by teaching employees how to think, care, and act like an owner that truly cares about their clients. Earl is a member of the National Speakers Association and serves on their chapter leadership committee. He also serves as board president for the Snow Valley Chamber of Commerce. And after a seven-year hiatus, he's back coaching Little League Baseball. To learn more, visit EarlBell.com. We will talk about so much on the show today. I cannot wait to get started. So here we are with my very special guest, Earl Bell. Earl, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing well, Brian, and thank you very much for having me today. Oh, you're so very welcome. So I love baseball just like you do. So I have to ask you, how did you get interested in that? Well, uh, I guess it started back in March of 2003, and uh, our family was visiting spring training, and specifically the Seattle Mariners, and happened to be on a practice field, and the, the catcher for the team, Ben Davis, had a little conversation with my boys, and the, the 
end of the story is the, as they're walking off the field, Dad, uh, that guy was really cool. Do you think we can play baseball? And that's really how it started. My kids raised their hand and they said they wanted to play. And my desire for them was to have a fun experience and not have a coach uh, who was that horrible coach that I'm sure many of us had at some point in our lives. Absolutely. So you've been coaching Little League Baseball for how long? Well, I uh, coached uh, my kids' teams, about 28 or 29 teams, over a 10-year period. And, of course, the kids outgrow you at some point. They became teenagers and didn't need dad anymore. Mm -hmm. But uh, we recently moved uh, about four years ago to an area called Snoqualmie, Washington. And my neighbor has a young boy, and I got involved in helping uh, coach his team. And, And it's been a ton of fun. That's great. What has coaching taught you about business? Well, I think uh, the way to frame that question, at least the way that I think about it, is what can you learn about business when you're humble enough to learn from the kids? Yeah. And when I think about uh, uh, a young nine-year-old boy showing up for a practice, as a for instance, it's really no different than as a business owner figuring out how can we really serve a client in a way that will be positive and impactful and, and have meaning. And uh, I guess in the back of my mind, too, at the same time, nev- never wanted to be that kid that uh, remembers their coach in a negative way and, you know, when they become adults. Absolutely. No, I totally understand and agree with that. So what was your career like before you struck out on your own as a businessman? So I started out as a classically trained accountant. I worked for what was uh, one of the big eight firms at the time, uh, Pete Marwick, which became KPMG. And uh, interestingly enough, I, I was listening to your intro, and it got me to thinking about influences in life. And I remember my high school guidance counselor telling me that I was horrible around people, a uh, 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 bad communicator, couldn't write with her darn. Uh, but I was really good at math and suggested that I go become an accountant. And that's what I ended up doing. Uh, from there, I went to work at Nintendo of America for a few years, which is where I met my wife, been married 27 years, and uh, then started on a 20-year career of being a controller at the beginning and then a CFO for a number of years. Uh, most recently, or I should say my last experience in the corporate world was CFO for a money management firm that was headquartered in San Francisco with an office in Seattle. Wow. So did you consider it to be a big leap to go from that to straight-out entrepreneurship? Uh, yeah, certainly, there's uh, a huge risk in going from a large income to no income, uh, mm-hmm. w- without question. Uh, and at the beginning, I, I can tell you, it was very difficult because uh, a lot of times in the corporate world, uh, my experience, uh, just my perspective, a lot of uh, employees kind of get caught up in their expertise and what they're good at. And I think one of the things that I really missed out on at the beginning was just recognizing that uh, really isn't so much about me as an entrepreneur. It was really about how I could help those that I uh, was able to serve. And when I was able to turn the mirror around and focus more on serving clients and actually making a positive difference in their lives, then it became dramatically easier to grow the business. Yeah. And I think some people, when they start their own business, you know, like you said, people get all uh, focused on what their area of expertise is. For example, if you're a chef and you think, well, I can just run my own restaurant. Well, no, it's a different skill set entirely. Did you find that to be true when you got started? 
Yeah, I I would agree. And it's interesting that you mentioned Chef. And, and one of the attributes of uh, helping companies figure out how to build annuity-type relationships with their customers and clients is consistency. And I think being able to show up with a smile uh, on your face with a high degree of confidence, 100% focused on helping works. And using the example of the Chef, imagine going to a uh, really, really high-end restaurant and having an amazing experience eight out of 10 times. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other two times, not so good. Uh, I'm guessing at some point, customers are going to get tired of getting a bad experience two out of 10 times. And yeah. you know, 80% is pretty good. But yeah. if you want to really build an amazing company, like uh, my friends in uh, the theater will say, every night is show night and you always have to show up. Yeah, absolutely. So when you decided to embark embark on your entrepreneurial journey, was your family supportive? I mean, you went from a huge income to zero, like you said earlier. Well, my my kids were young. Uh, You know, let me do the math here. I guess (laughs) uh, they were uh, teenagers, uh, one 12-year-old and two 14-year-olds at the time. And my wife was very supportive. Um, Mm. Fortunately, we had a pretty long financial runway. And at the end of the day, I think... Uh, we kind of tend to live by a philosophy that uh, pursuing money will not lead to happiness, but uh, pursuing happiness may lead to money. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You mentioned your first year was kind of rough. Were there any specific situations that you can point to? Yeah, I think one of the things that, um, you know, just thinking back, I I probably didn't do as good of a job as I could have in figuring out how to, deliver value and serve a client in a way that would produce sustaining uh, and long-term change and really focused on project type work. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you think about the process of building a team that goes from uh, little league baseball at the T-ball level to playing at the world series six years later, you know, it's a process and it takes time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think using that analogy in the earlier years, I was focusing on, you know, providing hitting clinics as a, for instance, you know, something that was short, uh, project oriented. And then what would happen is the project would end and I would be left starting the business development wheel again. And, you know, to be candid, I'm not the greatest salesperson in the world, but I'm pretty darn good at helping companies uh, grow in a sustainable way where everyone's having a lot more fun and making more money. So the shift for me was figuring out how to build long-term relationships with clients pretty consistently with how in the money management world, those that do well, they tend to have 10, 20, 30 year relationships with their clients. Yeah. What was the moment in your journey where you realized, you know what, I really can run this business? I think, uh, for me, and again, uh, I'm answering these questions differently than I probably would have five years ago. Uh, As an example, uh, I'm recalling a a client that I've been working with for five years. And uh, three years ago, he wrote a recommendation for me. And he he said, uh, in the three years of working with Oral, I personally cut three to four hours off of my workday while our company will celebrate our highest and most profitable sales year to date. Uh, the entire team considers Earl a friend, you know, on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the minute that I realized that my showing up made a difference and that I could do this in a repeatable way, that's when the degree of confidence went through the roof because I recognized that the effort of my work was producing tangible results. Wow, that's fantastic. We've got about a minute or so to our first break. What is your big why? My why? Uh, I'm 
Really here, I believe my purpose is to help entrepreneurs grow their business uh, and more specifically to help them increase their confidence to uh, ultimately build the legacy company that they desire. Absolutely. We are coming up against our very first break. My special guest this week is Earl Bell. His book is called Winning in Baseball and Business, Transforming Little League Principles into Major League Profits for Your Company. I think that's a very clever title because you used to be, a, or, and still probably do, Little League Baseball Coaching, and you are a business consultant. So what a perfect match that is for your book. We're going to talk about Earl's book when we come back from the break. We're going to talk about what Earl's definition of success is, uh, building effective team culture, how you decide who you want to work with, the importance of strong leadership in your organization, what makes a great leader, and how you develop your team because team building is really, really huge and not everyone does a very good job of that. So we will talk about this and so much more when we come back from the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will return on the other side. Be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright, Success Profiles Radio, and I just want to let you know something. Togenet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30% or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Brian, that's B-R-I-A-N, to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of my show through Toginet Radio. We've negotiated special rates just for you at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to www.BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Brian. Sign up and enjoy the discounts right now. Once again, that is BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Brian. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Earl Bell, and we are going to talk about his book very shortly. Meanwhile, you can find my brand new book. It's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. You can find it on Amazon, and you can find it online, barnesandnoble.com, 
Walmart.com, I'm sure, Target.com. You can find it anywhere the books are sold online. And I do offer signed copies if you want to order directly from me. Just let me know. So uh, let's talk about your book, Earl. It's called Winning in Baseball and Business, Transforming Little League Principles into Major League Profits for Your Company. Why did you decide to write the book? Well, going back to, I guess, August of 2009, I remember we had just wrapped up a week-long baseball tournament in Cooperstown, New York, and I had my two boys with me, and I remember vividly thinking, well, that's the end of our baseball career. And it also occurred to me at exactly the same time that the journey that we had been on is the perfect metaphor to describe the process that entrepreneurs go through uh, in building a successful company, The, the roadmap from uh, T-Ball to Cooperstown is very similar to uh, an entrepreneur who has an idea that ultimately builds a legacy company that can be passed on to the next generation of owners. I usually like to, like to ask authors what the writing process is like. Did this flow easily for you or was it challenging somehow? Well, that, that's a great question, Brian. Uh, the inspiration for the book started in August of 2009, and I didn't get a word down on paper for about two and a half years. So you can say that I agonized for a very, very long time thinking about how to put this together. And then the actual process of writing the book took about nine months. Nine months. Some people take a lot longer to write their first book. Were, were you, let's just dispel something because sometimes people think I can't write unless I'm inspired. Did inspiration happen to you easily every day or were there periods where you had to put it away and come back to it? You know, it's kind of funny. Um, it's exactly what you just described. There are moments of inspiration, uh, I'm a typically disciplined person in, in terms of being able to schedule time and, and get work done. But with the book project in particular, I remember there was about a two-month period where I don't think I got two or three pages done. And then I do remember about a two-week period where the words just seemed to flow. And uh, I probably got done 30 to 40% of the book in that two-week period. So inspiration definitely is part of the creative process. Absolutely. So how did this book change your life? Uh, well, I think it helped provide a little uh, context and framework around my purpose and how I might be able to help other people. Uh, you know, recognizing that having an ability to build a team uh, and, and coach and youth sports is the the metaphor is. Uh, a great way of thinking about how I might be able to show up with the company and help the owner, help the leaders and help the teams uh, build something that they perhaps didn't think they could do because they either lack confidence or they lack the ability. And to be able to guide in a way that helped them realize the potential was something that I seem to have an act at. Absolutely. So how do you find success? How do I define it? Yeah. Uh, I define it strictly by uh, my ability to help companies that I work with. Okay. That's awesome. Is there anything else? Um, if I'm doing my job well and employees of companies can become better people, uh, can become better employees and become a better team member and can ultimately help the company grow, to me that is the ultimate definition of success. And I, In my world, I don't know how you can beat that. That's, that's great. Knowing your burning reason why is really, really important, isn't it? If you don't tap into that, uh, a lot of people end up waking up in the morning uh, without a spark in their step, without a smile on their face, without a purpose in their heart. And you're right. It is kind of tough to get by. Yeah, absolutely. 
Can you point to situations where somebody really floundered that you were working with because they couldn't identify why? I can. And, you know, what's funny, uh, I'm locking in on a person, but I think there are a lot of attributes where this type of a situation shows up over and over again. Uh, I'm thinking of a em- employee um, who had a hard time showing up to work because they were having trouble outside of work. And I don't know if you've ever noticed, sometimes uh, employees, when they show up at work and they aren't happy, they're not productive, uh, they're not contributing, a lot of that is attributable to what happens when they're not at home. And one of the the models that I have used with a lot of companies that seems to work is starting with the idea that if you can help somebody personally develop and grow and become a better person, uh, to be trustworthy, to be able to communicate effectively, to uh, be a person of integrity, uh, if they can do that at home, the relationships tend to grow and flourish at home. And, And by the way, at work, the, you tend to treat your coworkers in a similar fashion, and when you can bring more flow state to the way a company operates and serves clients, and you know less of an operational friction uh, type environment, the business tends to do better. So uh, I don't know if that answers your questions, but sure, you know, that that's what popped into my mind. Fantastic. I've worked in some places where the corporate culture, the team environment wasn't very strong and it wasn't well defined, and they didn't really seem to care. So how can you help? someone build an an effective team culture? How does that even start? Well, it starts with them. It never starts with me. And we have a conversation, a long conversation or multiple conversations and, and really deciding what are the, the rules, if you will, that are going to define our behaviors and behaviors are driven by attitude. So you, you really get down to the core ideas of, well, uh, attitudinally, why do we show up and what is our purpose and how are we going to uh, do this? And invariably, some types of uh, names, if you will, for corporate culture show up over and over again. Uh, effective communication, being trustworthy, uh, being a person of integrity. But a lot of times companies uh, in in the process of differentiating themselves will come up with something uh, that maybe a lot of their peers don't have. Yeah, no, I can certainly understand and appreciate that. So let me ask you, when you are hiring someone or when you are deciding which clients you do and do not want to work with, what is your litmus test? How do you decide? I think it starts with personal connection. Uh, And at the end of the day, if I uh, am not able to connect with a a business owner, then it probably isn't going to work. But in in terms of attributes of why uh, business owners typically reach out to me, they're usually quite expert at what they do, Mm -hmm. but they lack the confidence of taking their idea and growing a company because more often than not, it's the first time they've grown a company and they're a little unsure about what to do next. And uh, another typical thing is it's hard for the business owner to keep employees. They want to grow, but they can't. And uh, they're trying to figure out why it's hard to keep 
and retain clients. So yeah. those are the symptoms that usually uh, encourage a business owner to reach out to me. And then from my end, it's just a matter of figuring out if I truly believe in my heart, I've got the ability to help. Fantastic. So building a corporate culture really is predicated, first of all, on having strong leadership that can accurately define what it is they want their organization to look like. So what do you think makes a really great leader? I think uh, my definition of a leader, and you know, there are so many def- definitions, but yeah. I like to think of a, an effective leader as someone who can inspire followership. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then secondarily, I think a good leader is really effective at focusing uh, their teams on doing the right things as opposed to doing things right. Uh, and the way I think about and talk about management, it's the ability to uh, make sure that things are done right. But uh, a leader oftentimes can ask the question, well, are we doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing the right thing is so important. I think integrity is a huge piece to leadership. I wrote a student leadership book. 10 years ago. And so this topic in particular is very interesting to me. One of the things that I wrote about is that a great leader creates a welcoming atmosphere for people. Because if someone doesn't, if you don't create an environment that makes people want to be around you, you're not going to have any followers. What do you think about that? I think you were spot on uh, when you put that into your book. And it made me think of the environments that um, my client companies are able to build uh, universally. Everyone walks into the office in the morning with a smile on their face. And yeah. I, I like to use, I, I try to keep things simple. And there's yeah. a thing that I've coined the smile to frown ratio. And my, my joke is put me in any company and sit me at the front desk area. And I'll just count the people walking in the door with a smile and a frown. And I'll tell you where your problems are. Yeah. Oh, that's good. You can tell an awful lot about a company by how many people are smiling and how many people aren't. That's that's a really good uh, litmus test right there. So let me ask, uh, some companies invest in their team and in their people a lot and others don't. And it seems like investing in your people should be a big, big priority, right? I think one of the greatest opportunities that companies have today is to invest in the development, uh, not only of employees and their skills, which I think a lot of companies do, but uh, focusing on investing and developing the team. And, you know, if you think about a a crew team out on a water, if you've ever watched that, you can have choppy water, which is a uh, pretty choppy company culture, or you can have a smooth sheet of ice, if you will, or a smooth lake, the crew boat will get from point A to point B faster when the water is smooth. And then conversely with the members in the boat, if they're all rowing together in unison uh, and they're in a flow state and not a state of friction, they're going to get to where they want to get to quicker. Uh, And again, my experience is not enough companies invest in making sure that the water is smooth and that the, the teams actually like working with and function well with each other. Absolutely. I I read something. uh, I think I must have seen it on Facebook or somewhere, but it's really profound as we're winding up toward the break. One person's asking another, should should we invest our resources in developing our team? What if they leave? The other guy says, well, what if they don't and they stay? Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. We're coming up against our next break. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Earl Bell. His book is called Winning in Baseball and Business, Transforming Little League Principles into Major League Profits for Your Company. We will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio.
The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brianckwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brianckwright.com. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, please go ahead and do so. Leave a review. That would mean a lot. And if you have not picked up my new book, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2, please do that. It features previous interviews from the show with Kevin Harrington, Chris Powell from ABC's Extreme Weight Loss, Dan Locke, and so many more. You can get that on Amazon. So before the break, Earl, we talked about why it's important to develop your team and invest in your people. Next, I want to ask you, how exactly do you do that? How do you develop your team? Well, I, I think there, there are, are two ways to think about team development. The first is uh, you know, building, if you will, an environment that resembles a smooth lake so that a crew team can um, get from point A to point B quickly. And then the second part is you know, the skill development. And as it relates to skill development, because I tend to work with different types of companies, uh, they're all in the service business, it's yeah. really hard uh, for me, for instance, to work with a home remodeling company and offer skills training on how to frame a house. I wouldn't know where to begin. I wouldn't know how to install cabinets. But I, I do have an ability to help people show up with a desire to uh, help others grow, to uh, show up with a smile on their face, to show up with the intent of making sure that, uh, in, in this case, uh, remodel projects are done on time, on uh, on budget, and with a happy client at the end. Uh, and being able to help teams focus on uh, not necessarily doing their jobs and doing them well, uh, that's table stakes, but doing it in a manner where the company actually enjoys doing the work and, and the client is likely to be a homeowner that refers. So uh, if, you, if you take the general model of what I just said and apply it to a professional services company or a bank or uh, you know, whatever, the, the model is essentially the same. 
Nice. I like that. So how do you decide whether or not to take a risk? Because usually when you want a big reward, a risk has to accompany that. So how do you decide whether or not a risk is worth it? Well, are you talking about me personally or the companies? Uh, you know, help me understand what you're. Oh, opening. either way, either way is fine. When you're consulting with companies, we can do it that way. So I, I think one of the things that client companies typically are uh, is risk averse. In other words, uh, given a choice, they're apt to not take action as opposed to take action, or they're apt to take longer than um, might be prudent the way that I look at risk. So, uh, you know, in the book, I remember writing about five different types of risk. Uh, There's preventing risk, managing risk, ensuring risk, ignoring risk, and crisis management. And uh, as it relates to making business decisions, I think, the the two buckets that tend to bubble up to the top is uh, preventing risk, which is doing nothing, or uh, creating uh, protective measures to ensure that bad things don't happen, or managing risk, recognizing that sometimes in business you do have to go outside of your comfort zone, but uh, having protective measures in place so that if bad things do happen, uh, you've got a safe environment so that you can recover. Absolutely. So for you personally, what is the biggest risk that you've taken in business and did it work out? Well, without question, the the biggest uh, risk for me was to leave a very well-paid job and make a conscious decision to uh, start over from zero, uh, doing something that I had never done before. I I was a a highly effective and well-compensated CFO for uh, a company that managed uh, billions, billions of assets. And uh, going from that to being a crazy guy who says, I'm going to write a book and see if we can build a business from that. It's kind of nutty if you think about it. Yeah. How are you leveraging your book in your business? Uh, I don't use the book so much. Uh, yeah, it's been seven years since I've written it. I've probably got three or four other books that I've written out in rough form that just need to be compiled, edited, and put together. Uh, I like to think that uh, every time I show up uh, with a heart and desire to help somebody, I learn something, and I do. Mm-hmm. And like in the Terminator movies, uh, the version of me that wrote the book seven years ago is a less evolved version of the person that I am today. Right. Right. I totally understand that. I I look back at my student leadership book, for example, and I would do things differently. Now I would update the examples. I would do it a little bit differently, but I still like, I still like the content. So there's something there for sure. So let me ask Earl, persistence is really, really important. How important has that been for you and your career so far? My experience of use me and use anybody, maybe even yourself, Brian, uh, there are a lot of times in life where we set goals for ourselves and we set a plan and we set a timeline. And, you know, just like water boils at 212 degrees, a lot of times uh, people get up to 205, 206, 207 degrees and then they give up. And I I think one of the hard things in life is to have a dream, to pursue a dream and to uh, get to 207, 208 degrees and say, you know what, I just don't have what it takes. And to live a life of regret like that, as opposed to just taking that extra step that you were talking about in in the introduction. Uh, Maybe, you know, if you think about how I can help 
companies and what I've been able to do, it's encouraging, providing the encouragement and, and instilling the confidence that uh, their instincts are good, that they're on the right track, they're making good decisions, and ultimately that they've got it. Fantastic. I love that. So let's talk about your speaking career. How did you decide to start speaking in groups? Well, yeah, to be honest, again, it wasn't my decision. Uh, and at the beginning, I don't think I was very good, but I ha happened to write a book that people were interested in. Mm -hmm. And they uh, brought me in to speak because the, the idea that business owners can learn something from a little league coach who happened to be an executive for 20 years that um, really focused on the lessons that can be learned from coaching kids. That topic in itself was interesting. And if you look at books on leadership, no one has that lane. I own that lane. You do. Absolutely you do. Do you remember your first speaking gig? Um, I think it was an association meeting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, 2013, probably about a couple of months after the book came out. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have connections when you were getting started or did you have to cold call or email? What was your process like for getting a speaking gig at the beginning versus how it is now? It's funny. Um, I don't cold call. I think I've mentioned not being uh, right. A, a transactional salesperson. But uh, one thing that I've been fairly good at in life is building meaningful relationships. And uh, all of my business development today is strictly word of mouth and referral. Uh, I work with clients for a number of years, and uh, they will either refer me to someone, mm -hmm. uh, which happens, or uh, someone will hear about me, and uh, they will make a referral. I, I don't cold call. And no. for, for uh, bad or worse or good, you know, that's just the way that I choose to build my company. Yeah. You belong to the National Speakers Association. How has that impacted your career? Do you find that it has been helpful from a learning standpoint or from a connection standpoint or maybe a little both? Certainly from a learning standpoint, I think one of the huge benefits of being a member of the National Speakers Association, uh, we're a group of individuals who have so many different business models, but in, in, in essence, through the spoken word, uh, we have the ability to influence audiences and companies of all sizes. And what I've come to appreciate is the culture of NSA and how they are 100% focused on creating an environment where we're all focused on helping each other succeed, uh, growing a bigger pie, if you will, is a famous saying attributed to the founder of NSA, Cavett Robert. Uh, I, I find the environment to be stimulating. I always learn. And uh, on the connection side, I've really come to appreciate the friendships because what we do is uh, not necessarily something that everybody can understand or connect with. And to have a group of peers that uh, understand what you do uh, really creates a strong foundation for great and lasting friendships. Absolutely. You speak about a number of different topics in your workshops and keynotes. Team building is one of them. We've talked about that a little bit, but I do want to ask uh, an extra question regarding this. For companies that experience a lot of turnover, how can you reduce that in an organization? Because it's really expensive to hire and train people. Yeah. Well, let's start with the, the numbers. Uh, the, the way that uh, companies typically learn about uh, the impact of this is I just 
turned them over to Gallup Research's work, uh, I think in 2017, they did a research report and determined that the cost of employer turnover is anywhere between 40 and 400% of a person's salary. Mm -hmm. So I had them go through the exercise of calculating the employee turnover cost uh, for, say, 2019. We're doing this uh, in 2019. Just have them extend out the employees that left, their salary, and, and ascribe a number, you know, maybe 40% for a lower level employee and 400% for an executive. And uh, you know, grade eight it in between, and then do the math. And yeah. when people understand uh, quantifiably what the cost is, then people are interested in learning about, well, how do you build a team where everyone shows up with a smile on their face with a purpose, understanding that their work matters, and, uh, you know, creating a company where employees actually do think, care, and act like an owner. Absolutely. What else do you talk about? I know there are a number of different topics that people can hire you to speak about. You know, I tend to focus on uh, the, the three topics are employees and teams, uh, building uh, lifetime clients uh, and an annuity model, and then helping uh, business owners define success and building the legacy company that they dream about. Those tend to be the three topics. Absolutely. Did you ever fear public speaking? Uh, oh, heck yeah. Uh, there was uh, a time in my life 20 years ago, the, the old joke is uh, the person giving the eulogy, uh, you know, there's more fear of being that person than being the person in the casket. Yeah. And I think to some degree, I, I did fear public speaking more than dying. But at the end of the day, if you have something to say and you're really passionate about it, it's not that difficult to show up with energy to make a connection with people. Absolutely. And as we're winding down toward the break, we got about a minute or so. What would you say to someone who does fear public speaking? Because a lot of people do. It's not it's very, very common. So in the world of baseball, we call that batting practice. Okay. And in the world of speaking, there's a wonderful organization called Toastmasters. They're located yes. all over the country. Right. And uh, just showing up on a regular basis. Actually, I was a 21-year-old right out of college, and I remember starting with a Toastmasters club uh, and, and using that as a way to break the fear and developing some reps and actually becoming someone uh, that can effectively communicate in a public setting. Awesome. We are coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. My very special guest this week is Earl Bell. His book is called Winning in Baseball and Business, Transforming Little League Principles into Major League Profits for Your Company. We will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We'll be back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. 
This is the TogiNet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Earl Bell. He's the author of the book Winning in Business and Baseball and Business, Transforming Little League Principles into Major League Profits for Your Company. And we've talked about uh, principles in the book. You can find that on Amazon. Where else can we find it now that I'm thinking about it? Uh, Barnes & Noble uh, would probably be the primary retail location. Uh, but Amazon, you can get the book in so many forms. There's a, yeah. an audio version that I recorded, uh, a Kindle version, hard cup cover. Uh, and I love Amazon. I mean, you can order and yeah. it shows up a couple of days later or instantaneously. Yeah. yeah. Get something electronically. I ordered some things off of Amazon a couple of days ago. Yeah. And I think they're going. it's going to arrive uh, in the next maybe day or two. So I'm excited about that. So let's talk about coaching because you do help people you coach groups or do you coach executives or do you do both i typically will coach business owners and their leaders mm -hmm. and uh, will lead team facilitated meetings or workshops for the t for uh, the teams of employees uh, that's the typical model great so who is your ideal client they typically have a service business they typically have um under 100 employees, uh, as small as five, and they are really good at what they do, but really struggle with the confidence and um, the, the assurance that they know how to build a company because they've never done it before. And in, in my world, uh, you know, in addition to learning a lot of important lessons from coaching kids, uh, I've spent 20, 25 years helping build companies from startup to well over a hundred million. So I actually do have uh, some real world uh, applicable experience, uh, but nobody really cares about that. They, they want the guy that coached the kids. So yeah, that's how I show up. That's awesome. And that's so important realizing how your audience wants you to show up and then just doing that, asking them what they want, what do they remember about you, and whatever comes up the most often, that's what you run with. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's called uh, listening. <laughs> it is called listening. That's right. Now, you mentioned earlier that you do retreats. I would love to ask you, how difficult is it to plan a retreat? Now, this, there's a lot of details involved in planning an event of any kind, but retreats are a different animal because you're dealing with a very specialized class of people, right? Uh, it depends. Uh, in the last 45 days or so, I've done three retreats, one for school district board of directors, uh, one for a client. We took the whole team off and uh, did a day and a half company retreat, and I, I just led uh, the retreat for the Snow Valley Chamber of Commerce, where I serve as the board president. And I can tell you in each of the three, uh, just looking back on the last three, there was a very specific agenda for each of the retreats, and they were all different. So to begin deconstructing your question, I think it always boils down to, well, what are we trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And once we understand that, uh, and understanding where they are currently, 
uh, going through the process of collaborating and developing an agenda and really defining what it is that we're hoping to get out of the back end. Uh, mm -hmm. That work uh, typically doesn't take more than an hour or two. And right. showing up and creating the environment to capture the genius in the room, that's what I happen to be good at. I don't necessarily show up at a retreat being the genius. I rarely am. Yeah. But uh, being able to extract the genius and compile it in a way so that the group is thinking about a situation in a way they may not have thought about it before right. it is really what I think facilitating a retreat uh, is. Do you find that retreats are more experiential versus going to like a three-day seminar where you're basically sitting at tables and listening to speakers? Oh, 100%. I do about 20% of the talking. And uh, a good retreat, uh, you know, what, what I look for particularly in feedback is when someone says that was absolutely by far the best experience I've ever had in participating in a retreat because I heard, I felt heard, I felt empowered, and I was able to contribute in a way that I was never able to contribute before. You know, yeah. those are things that you look for. Absolutely. And I love that you just mentioned experience because when you're doing something like that, you need to make it memorable. And you need to give people an experience. You have to give them a reason to want to come back. Do you find that a lot of your clients do retreats on a recurring basis? I would say an annual retreat is the norm. Yeah. That's awesome. Great. So what kinds of outcomes do you look for or look to achieve with your participants? Is it clarity? Is it action plans that can be immediately implemented? I'm sure it depends on what the group is and what they're looking for. Yeah, it, it, it does. Uh, you know, with uh, the board of directors at the Snow Valley Chamber, as an example, we had two board members leave and two new board members come on. And really, the, the goal was to help build friendship and connection and bond right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, and then get the entire board with their arms wrapped around the situation of where the chamber is and identifying areas where we might be able to contribute in a way that would have meaning in 2020. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. With a with the client, uh, they may have a specific problem that they want to address, and uh, you know it requires an all-hands meeting off-site to really dive into it. And again, that's a different type of agenda. Absolutely. So, if someone wants to reach out to you, and I'll give you a chance to do this again at the end of the show, but if someone wants to reach out to you to learn how they can hire you or talk to you or be in your tribe, what can they do? I think the easiest thing uh, is to go to my website and schedule a call. Uh, if you go to earlbell.com, I've got a lot of uh, click here to schedule a call. Uh, what I find is if uh, people want to spend 30 minutes just chatting with me, uh, I've got an open calendar and invite people to reach out. That's probably the easiest. Uh, and alternatively, if you don't want to talk, then uh, earl at earlbell.com is my email address. Uh, I always respond to emails uh, within a day or so. And uh, I would look forward to hearing from any of your listeners. Fantastic. So I want to ask, what is your superpower? What do you do better than anyone else? I have an uncanny ability to help people achieve things that they didn't think were possible. I love that. That's really, really fantastic. It, that's profound. It's a great superpower to have, and Thank especially you. in the coaching world. Yeah, especially in the coaching world. It's great yeah. to be able to, to hover over someone and see this and this and this and do this and this and this and things will be better. And they are. Yeah. Absolutely. So Influential Books and Mentors. 
Um, influential books. Uh, I guess just because I'm looking at it, uh, Donald Miller, Building a Story Brand, is a fabulous book. Uh, my experience is uh, companies tend to think about their work not in the minds of uh, the customer or client, but in uh, you know, with a mirror focused back on them. And I loved uh, the book that he wrote because it helped take the reader through a, a process so that they can clarify their marketing message so that customers will listen. Yeah, I I love that. Is there another book that you really like a lot? Uh, you know, I read a lot of books, uh, not all business books. Uh, I'm looking at another book. Uh, it's kind of esoteric. Uh, the Inside Story of Baseball, 16 Perfect Games. The name of the book is called Perfect, and James Buckley was the author of that. Uh, I, I've got kind of an eclectic um, reading list. Fantastic. So what has surprised you about your journey? What has surprised me about my journey? I am a great boss. That's a great revelation to have. It is. Uh, a lot of people, they leave the corporate world because they're unhappy with their boss. They start a company and then they realize they're tougher on themselves than their boss was, and they have a miserable life. And oh. I, I think uh, the, the biggest revelation for me is that I'm able to construct a life uh, where I get meaning from work, I get meaning from service, I have time for family, and I still coach, uh, I'm helping coach a youth select team now. I was invited to participate uh, with uh, dads that have players on the team, and I volunteer ski instruct in the wintertime for an organization called Outdoors for All, um, and, and their mission essentially is to help kids of all abilities experience outdoor adventure. So. Uh, I've managed to create a life that serves me, and uh, being able to do that, I think, is pretty uh, amazing and rewarding. That That is so interesting because I've heard it said that you should create a business around your lifestyle, or a li was it a business around your lifestyle, not your lifestyle around your business. That's right. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's I sometimes I have to stop and think which way is that right? <laughs> yeah, no, great. a lot of unhappy people out there because they've got the sequence wrong. Exactly. So what is the scariest thing you've ever done? I uh, at the age of 18 uh, remember climbing up a rock wall without any equipment and I got stuck about 70 or 80 feet up there and it took about four hours for my friend to talk me back down and the sun was starting to set. Uh, oh. So that was by far the scariest thing I've ever done. That does not sound like fun at all. No, it was awesome going up. I, I remember scrambling up like Spider-Man and then realizing I wasn't going to be able to make it up the next 60 feet or so. So I was stuck. That oh, was no. horrible. That, that is horrible. So if you could talk to the 18-year-old version of yourself, what advice would you give? I think the, the best advice, uh, the, and I've got three adult kids, they're in, in their early 20s, is to create a life where you're always presenting yourself with options. Uh, if you look at kids today, uh, the statistics say they'll have 20 or 30 jobs, and uh, 
my opinion, if you go through life recognizing that you've got uh, multiple paths, and I, I think a lot of traditional teaching is to encourage people to think of a single path. And the problem happens when you go down that path and it isn't what you thought it would be, and then you find yourself a little disillusioned. And, and being able to be nimble enough and giving yourself permission to explore different things than you know maybe you thought would be interesting five years ago is yeah. the greatest advice I would give the 18-year-old version of myself. Fantastic. Is there a bucket list item that you have yet to fulfill? Bucket list item. Uh, gosh, uh, I think it'd be fun skiing at more resorts. Um, I've been only to a handful of resorts in my life, and I love skiing. So being able to travel and uh, do it in some exotic places would be kind of cool. It would be cool. So the question I ask everyone toward the end, Earl, who inspires and motivates you? I think the, the kids, uh, and I'll, I'll end with uh, this uh, story of going back to last year. So one of my students last year was uh, or is blind, and she showed up very scared and unable to uh, give herself the permission and confidence to ski. And I remember holding her hand on the first week, and by the end of the seventh week, she and I are racing down blue runs uh, wow. down the mountain. And, and, being, and again, I, you asked me about superpower. It, the ability to help people realize and do things that they didn't think were possible inspires me to be able to do that. That's fantastic. And one more time, how can we find you? How can we learn more about you? Uh, Earl at EarlBell.com is uh, my email address. And if you go to EarlBell.com and click on the schedule a call, uh, I'm always available to talk. Fantastic. Thanks for being here, Earl. It was fun. You were great. Thanks. I uh, really appreciate you, Brian. All right. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they overcame, and the lessons we can take from that. Until next week, have a good one, everyone. It's been fun. See ya. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.